Centimeter Perfect podcast. My name is Joseph Bianco, and joining me today, as always, are Julian Zakari, Kirillos Rascala, and Christian Brazizi. Boys, how are we? Very good. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Christian, first time on the show. First of yep. all, welcome. Um, give us a bit of uh, insight about yourself, um, your sporting background as such, and uh, what football team you support. So, first of all, I support Collingwood Football Club. Yep. Uh, as far as my football background, I did start as a junior at St. Mary's for about yep. five years. Yep. Um, then I went to South Morang for only a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, got thereabouts, but yeah, I just decided to just stop playing from when I was about 16. So, yeah, that's my background. Yep. All right. Well, very good. Most of us have a very good uh, football background, I say. Um, let's get on to the first thing that we want to talk about So today. Um, round round of review. Yeah, yes, it was uh, It was more of a quieter round than last yeah, week. Not as interesting as last week, I'd, I'd say. But no, yeah, let's, let's get into the first game. First uh, game. We yeah, you have, want to analyse this? Yep. Well, we have Port Adelaide up against the Tigers. Um the Tigers fell short, uh, 21 points. They went down to uh, 93 to 72. I'd say one of the games of the seasons, which was a very good game, but I reckon in the last quarter for the Tigers just let them down. Um, yeah, it was a really bad performance in the last quarter. It was scoreless, and I just think the um, the clearances and the midfield of Port Adelaide were too strong for Richmond, and every time we'd go to the centre bounce, we just couldn't get it out of the, the square. And then... Um, the forwards for Port Adelaide were just too strong. Charlie Dixon, Robbie Gray, um, Laddams uh, was very good on the on the day as well. Big Laddams. So too strong for the Tigers. Hopefully <laughs> they can bounce back. But yeah, it was such a good game, I reckon. Yeah, I think both that was a credit. Yeah, it was a it was a um, it was a key game for both sides, and I think um, because Port are the real deal now. Yeah, I, I think I can finally admit that Port Adelaide are the real deal yeah. uh, this season, yeah. and. Flag. Yeah, flag favourites, I reckon, right now. Mm. And, uh, yeah. We are at the business end of the year, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens. Coming to the home stretch, it'd be, it's going to be pretty interesting, especially the eight. It's very tight, so see how everything plays out. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have the Lions defeating the, the Doggies by 24. Um, that was just last week, as I said, how Brisbane couldn't even kick a uh, kick straight. And then this week they come out and kick 14 goals. And yeah, Eric, Eric yeah. Hipwood was a key to that. We um, yeah. we criticised him last week. I think I was a bit critical of the fact that he has been a bit inconsistent. But and he came you know, out to, yeah, to his credit, um, five goals won. So yeah, it was a good night for the Lions. Doggy's in a bit of trouble now. Oh, uh, yeah, they're sitting 11th on the ladder. They're five and six. Um, you know, it's as you said earlier. Um, it is a very tight year. The eight is very tight. There's, um, you know, the only real, um, that's the only real thing that separates all the eighteen sides is the fact that Adelaide are zero and eleven. Yep. Um, but mm, other than that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Bulldogs have got a bit to work on. Um, with Jack McRae and Bond and Pallier guns in that midfield, but yeah. I think a few of their 
um, other players around the ball have to really step up. Yeah, they're letting him down, I reckon. Their yeah. forward line as well. Mitch Wallace yeah. is carrying it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Next up, we have West Coast beating Carlton by 22 points. That was a very good game, and Carlton started very uh, quick again for like the second or third time um, I- this year, where they've started beating teams and smashing teams, and and then they just they just can't hold a lead. It's disappointing to watch because you know Carlton. They're almost a really, really good side and very strong, and they could be so much higher up on the ladder if they just... I don't know if it's discipline or if it's if they're getting tired or their lack of concentration, but they're blowing the lead again and cost them the game pretty much. And Yeah. What do you reckon, Christian, about the... Did you watch that game with the, the umpiring? What do you reckon about the umpiring? No, the I game? didn't. I didn't say it, but I did hear about it. And yeah. I was going to ask you guys about what you thought about... There were some key yeah, umpiring decisions. Controversial so, calls in there. I think it was Petreski seen just got yeah. in for holding the ball twice. It was yeah. some of the worst umpiring I've seen, but that ultimately yeah. didn't cost Carlton the game. I think it was more their um, lack of discipline and focus that mm. let it go, but that was that was one of the worst umpired games I've seen this year. Yeah, I think there was there was a key yeah. in the last quarter, in the last few minutes in particular. Um, Ed Kerno was trying to get the ball forward, Um it was sort of on Carlton's forward 50, uh, just on the 50, and um, Shuey's gone to, I wouldn't say he went to tackle him, it was more like a strip in basketball, he went to strip him off the ball. But he'd stuck his leg out, and um, it clearly looked like he was trying to trip him. So I don't know if that's, that's something that really hasn't been looked at, and I think yeah. maybe it should be. Um, yep. Mm. If not the AFL, the MRO for sure. What do you reckon, Kiralos? I know you were a bit o- you were over this. Um, yeah, no. Nah, see, I, I think umpiring at this stage is just is just a lost cause. We can't do much to fix it because it's truly in the hands of the umpires to fix. And I agree with you, boys. I think these calls cost Carlton the game in a sense because they had these calls not been called, the ball would have kept its flow, and and there could have been um could have been it could have led to Carlton goals, but. At the end of the day, it's, it is it is what it is, and you can't really control what happens in the eyes of the umpires. And and they also see things that we don't see as as fans. What we see on TV is completely different to what they see on the field. But they might see a, a dive on the ball while we might see an attempt to try and get the ball out. They mm. might not be able to see that attempt to get the ball out, like I just said, because they're facing the back of the player, which gives them less of a chance to see that, that attempt to lay off a handball or even try and kick that ball out, which then leads to a holding the ball to a, a free kick, the way they call a diving on the ball, holding the ball sort of uh, uh, case. I think um, Shuey's trip should be looked at because that was a bit reckless there. A bit, um, bit reckless could have led to more than just uh, just a simple trip. That could have led to different injuries as well. Like he could have landed heavily on his head. He could have... Uh, rolled his ankle there, could have done a few uh, injuries that could have ruled him out for a while. So I think Shuey's incident should get looked at. Um, hopefully it does, because that way they're really stamping out all, I guess, illegal offences in that case. Yeah, yep. fair, enough. No, fair enough. And how about uh, Zach Fisher in particular? Oh, yeah. That yeah was four goals. He, um, I want to ask you as well, um, all you guys, your take on... Paddy Cripps this year. I don't feel like, from my point of view, I don't feel like he's actually um, 
I don't think he's doing enough for the yeah, Blues. I, I'm thinking that as well. He's very he's he's a young captain, and I think he makes a. You know, I, I, I've I've said this since day one, pretty much, and I'm going to voice it now on the podcast. I reckon um, they've only given Paddy Cripps the captaincy just so he doesn't leave. I reckon, yep. and yep. I reckon okay. Mark Murphy was cool. so much better fit than Cripper as a captain, and I reckon they've given it to Cripps so he he doesn't look elsewhere because he feels he has a responsibility to the to the Carlton side. And he's a great leader, but he's still very young, and he—he's—you he, can see him—he's frustrated, and he gets upset, and you know he just does things that I think other captains, like um, mature captains like Pendles and 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 uh, that, don't do. He's still very uh, sort of undisciplined in a way, and yeah. I feel like he doesn't know how to carry himself after a after a uh, you know something doesn't go his way. And yeah. I think Mark Murphy was so so much better fit for that than he was. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's just my look on that. Um, you know, yeah, I, I really, I really don't know how I feel about that because you put you put a player like Paddy Cripps in a in a side that's not winning, and he's getting you thirty, forty touches a game, and that was shown in the past couple of years where Paddy Cripps was by far one of the best in the competition with getting that ball. It was it was essentially a ball magnet, but you now have him in a side where everyone is starting to play their part, so. You can't really expect him to, week in, week out, be the damaging player. And I know as a captain he should stand up and still, still, you know, make the right decisions in, in how he plays and stuff. But like Julian said, he is young, he is still learning, still a bit inexperienced in captaincy and leading. But I still think as a player he's having a pretty good season despite the fact that now everyone in the club is, is starting to play. Mm. You're starting to chuck it, in there. Even if they're all still starting to play, I think they're like he's he's still got to be putting yeah, up the numbers you, that you he still, was putting in recent years. If you're going to pay a midfielder the big bucks to stay, they should still be getting like most of the ball than any other player in the team, or kick oh, goals, or have more. But, but, that, but that's where I think the pressure as as captain does come along. Like, yeah, that comes in. To I don't know if if you notice this, Christian, but when mm. Pendlebury got um, nominated captain. I think it was back in 2014. Or yeah. So some, something like that. Mm. He's he sort of not that he was terrible, but yeah. he sort of had like a bumpy start to his captaincy where he wasn't. It, it just felt like there was a bit more pressure on him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they ease into that, I guess. Uh, players once they become captains, but yeah. that's what I I think. Like most captains shouldn't be um, the star player of the team. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like when I look at it, it's a different scenario. But even with Bontempelli, I think he's still a little bit young too to be a captain as well. Because yeah. um, with Crips as well, like you were saying, they have to be eased into it, and when, once they're given it at a young age, it's like. Yeah, it, it feels like clubs now just give it to the the best player on the team, and it's like, is it really something yeah. like it's, you shouldn't just look at skill? Like, yes, skill is good. People look up to that, but you should look at how they, you know, respond and stuff to yeah. criticism and things like that. And good good captains do that, and they're not always the best players. Like you look at Koch, and he's not like the best player at no. Richmond, but he he sticks to his values and beliefs, and um, yeah. the the team around him admires him for it. They don't say, oh, look how 
Koch kicks goals and look at him, how many possessions he gets. It's always how he carries himself on field and stuff. Um, that being said, I think Canelio, um, who's still pretty young, um, mm. he's doing a great job as captain. Yep. No, definitely. And you could, we'll get to that when we, um, okay. oh, actually, no, it was last week. He gave a speech, uh, apparently, Half time and apparently it uplifted all the um the, the whole team players. to all the, the all the Giants players and they came out firing that um second half and yep. you know probably he's an outlier to what we're saying right now but yeah uh, yeah so, oh, we'll get on to the next game so yeah. um, Melbourne be North Melbourne and yeah Melbourne thrashing North Melbourne by fifty seven points Massive. North Melbourne I reckon are worse than Adelaide at the moment. Right? <laughs> Yeah, at least Adelaide are competing. Adelaide are competing. Adelaide have a young side. Adelaide have some young players in there, and they're trying to get um, their, their seconds players a chance. You know, they, you, you see um, young fellas coming into the Adelaide side, um, trying. In, in North Melbourne, I see nothing. I see it. They dropped Hosey um, from last week, who I, I reckon played a pretty good, played a decent game for a young guy last week, and they just dropped him this week, and... You know, just uh, reassure just they, they after last year, after North Melbourne's wins in the second half of the season, they had some pretty good wins. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, it was very positive for this yeah. year. And they they were all on board with reassure, I reckon, out of the because of the hype around him, all of those wins. And I'm just thinking now, is it really the right choice to go with reassure after what we're seeing this year already? Yeah. Yeah, you can't have a short sample size and just all go yeah, locking. Yeah, just go straight away. With yeah. Um, it just look, feels I, like they I've, listen to the hype too much. I don't think you can make. Quick. I don't think we can make real judgments. Just basing basing it off the season that we're in. I don't think we can make real judgments on things like that. Um, you know, I think uh, Reshaw. Um, you know, is a, a very Famous name at Collingwood. And I think all both Shaw brothers were uh, a great were great player. Well, Heath still is a very good, good backman. Um, Reese, I think I think he's the he's the right choice. I still think he is um, the best one of the better choices that they made. I don't think Brad Scott ever had the real respect for uh, had real respect from the players. Um, but if Reese Shaw can sort of if they can go into the trade period and say, okay, look, we've got an issue here. Ben Brown's not performing. Mm. You make that decision. You make a big decision to get rid of your key forward. And then you've got that money to spend. And you go and get players that actually want to play for you. I think then North Melbourne can head in the right direction. Like, if I'm North Melbourne at the end of this year, as, as silly as this may sound, why don't they go and throw their money at Tom Papley? It's just, it's just, it's just an odd thing because North Melbourne have had the money for years and been trying to get the likes yeah. of Martin Dugowie. Yeah, but no one wants the to go is, to North Ma- Melbourne. Martin, Martin and Dugowie. There's no way they're going to get Martin or Dugowie. They are two guys at two massive clubs in the heart of Melbourne. Oh, I just that w- wouldn't well, leave you said, for a team you said like North Brad Melbourne. Scott lost the respect of the playing group. Do you reckon Reeshaw is currently losing that right now because he's got? He put Cunnington on the field back, I don't know how many rounds ago that was, 
when he was injured, instead of picking a young player, he could have he could have thrown in there. He goes with a with an older with a player who was clearly unfit. He 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 had a back injury, couldn't finish the rest of the game. Um, a few weeks later, he makes the call to drop Polek, who had a I reckon had a really good game the week before um, versus Carlton, even though they lost. Yeah. He drops him. Yeah. Do you reckon he's just look? We, we don't know. Oh, look. I think, I think what's he doing up there? I think it's just I think it's a lack of experience as a coach. Look, he's he's going into his second. It's essentially he's now he's now been a coach for a full season really because he, he took the reins about this time last season, and with with someone in his like someone of his greatness of his experience as as an AFL footballer, he's got such a great mind as and what he can bring to the game as a coach, but. I I don't want to say that they've lost they're losing he's losing their respect because it is a really weird season. You can't base everything off of uh, this season is hard to judge because Joby was right when he mentioned this it's hard to judge because things that are happening this season are very are very weird. For example, no one thought Adelaide was going to was going to be 0 and 11 11, well, that, 11 weeks the, in. That's the other thing. Look at the new coach. Adelaide look at the new coaches. Adelaide and North Melbourne, all right? Reece Shaw, I know he was there, but he wasn't there for that long last year. This is basically his first season. So for two new coaches to come into two different clubs and, um, you know, in a, in a very strange year, I don't think it's fair to base, say, he's doing a poor job as head coach or, mm. you know, the players don't have respect for him. I think it's just... I think it takes time when you're a new coach, and North Melbourne need a new... In my opinion, North Melbourne need to change everything about themselves. They need to go look at the club, look at the, the whole, you know, the, the panel, everything, and say, all right, are we going in the right direction? Because right now they're not. Yeah. They're a proud no club. No one's talking about them as much as Adelaide, and, you know, everyone's no. yeah. rapping on Adelaide saying they're bad, but I reckon North Melbourne's just in as much as uh, just as much heat as... Uh, Adelaide. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the next game, Monday yep. night. Uh, Geelong v St Kilda. And <laughs> that was a good old, old-fashioned old thrashing as well. Geelong by 59. St Kilda couldn't get the job done. Their stars, Butler, was... Um, no danger quiet. around Butler. Yeah. Oh, no. And uh, Jack Steele didn't have the best night. That is, didn't have one of the best nights he's been having but no uh, but one guy that did you know who I actually really like in that Geelong side he's probably one of my he's probably my favourite player from the Cats at Gary seven Rowan. scoring shots Gary Rowan yeah he's a jet four he goals he works hard every week you know yeah. what you get out of him even if when he doesn't kick a goal he's he probably was, the best team yeah. player at, at Sydney he was a he was a uh, predominantly a, a yeah pressure or wingman yeah I'd say but now he gets to play mainly deep in that Geelong side he is a great contested mark, mm. and you know, in a one-on-one, you do back him with his. You know, he has for a guy. It doesn't look like he has a hell of a lot of strength, but yeah. that really sh- the strength does show show off when he's in that one-on-one. Yeah, uh, I like. The, I really like the way Sam Manigal is really playing this season too. The last few he's weeks as well, he's chipping in quite a few goals here and there, and having at least twenty plus touches seems like a big step up from him too. Yeah, he's uh. Yeah, very good player around the ball in the stoppages. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. snag a couple of goals. Do you know he was on Freo's list? 
Yeah, yeah. They, they got rid of him. Yeah, yeah I know that. Yeah. They'd be uh, right. kicking themselves now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone's saying that St Kilda um, have didn't live up to the hype beating Geelong, but I just... I reckon it was just a bad loss. It was very unsaint to like how they've been playing. Like you can't really say they haven't lived up to the hype when they, in the previous round, they just bet uh, Port Adelaide a few rounds ago. So yeah, I just reckon it was a bad post. loss. It was probably an outlier um, to them, and they'll probably get back onto the winning list this week. I can't see them falling far off. Saint Kilda playing very good, so mm. um, it was just a bad night, I reckon, for them and. Yeah, they were shut down. The way they like to play, Geelong just really shut them down. Yeah. Geelong yeah. playing really good. Yeah, they, they're kind of under flying under the radar at the moment, Geelong. Yeah. Um, no one's talking about them. And that's um, where they should be. Last year, they, they finished first. You know, they mm. got the first qualifying final. They played the Pies, and uh, they did go in as favourites, the Cats, and, you know, Pies were able to knock them off. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think um, Chris Scott and the whole Geelong Footy Club would rather go in as um, flying under the radar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the Saints have got um, Essendon, you know, on next on this Sunday, so coming up. So um, I think, sorry, Kira lost, but I think the Saints will bounce back. Yeah, um, we'll move on to the next game. Everyone yep. all good with that? Yep. yep. Uh, we got Fremantle v Hawthorne. And mm. Freo scrappy in the game this by 16 points. Yeah, it was scrappy, but Bayshaw stood up, Sarong stood up, and you no longer have to, um, I reckon, uh, Fife no longer has to carry Fremantle, it looks like. It looks like the young guns are starting to come out and play, and the forward line looks very good. Um, you know, you have... Uh, Mon- they did this win without Walters as well. And yeah, yeah. If Fife now doesn't have to rely on, like the team don't have to rely on Fife, would you say the same thing about Carlton that they don't have to now rely on Cripps? Because both sides had big, the, the two. I'm saying the two best midfielders in the game, mm. and Frio has had a pretty good season. Carlton's had an all right season. Both the teams have had their young guns really stand up. Is it now time to say that these these two teams are not relying on their on their big midfielders now? Um, oh, I don't know because Fife still had a really good game. You know, he, he, yeah, he's yeah. not carrying the team, yeah. but he's still he's still like pulling his weight. You know, still getting those yeah, um, twenty-five to thirty touches a game most of the time. I mean, yeah. Paddy Cripps is having games. Every now, well, not every now, and then. like it's. For me, he's. If we're going back to Paddy Cripps, for me this season he's just been a bit inconsistent. He'll yeah. have a game where they he'll. Bonte Pally as well. Yeah, like they'll have twenty-seven touches. The next game they'll have what, seventeen. Yeah. yeah. And one then, game a few weeks ago, Cripps actually only had thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Paddy Cripps like. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'd like to talk about no, Hawthorne, and I'm very. Very hard, critical on Hawthorne because you know they you have um, their um, what's it their president there hyping them up all the time. You just hear him. Clarko, I reckon, is very arrogant. Um, always talking about his team and stuff, and they can't even get the job done anymore. 
And you, they've got such an old side, and I reckon their best player on their team is honestly James Sicily, and that's all they've got going for them at the moment. They've got no young guns in there except for Will Day and yeah. maybe when Clark sprint, you know, he, he puts a few kids in there, but he's got nobody in there, and they play such a bad brand of footy. You know, you can see him trying to, to take on the game because of how critical the media have been on them, how, how boring their, um, their game style is and how bad it doesn't work. And you mm-hmm. see him trying, but it just it ultimately fails, and you can see time and time again how it's failed. Um, again, it's failed against Fremantle. Who I reckon Hawthorne could have easily won the game, but um, they just have no dare and no um, I don't know, no style. It's just it's boring to watch. It's it's rubbish, honestly. And they're they're just as bad, if not worse, than Adelaide, I reckon. And yeah, they've well, just really got to get their their stuff together. I don't know how they're going to do it. They have to go to the uh, the trade board. They got to get it, get rid of a lot of players at the moment because yeah, if you're got, a Hawthorne fan, you want this year to end. Yeah. You, you should be worried, especially with Clarko's attitude to towards his players, where he's just he's all for the. It, it's like he's still trying to live in that era where um, mm. where he, he won the grand final and stuff, and yeah. he's still trying to hold on to those those veteran players. It's like yeah. no, it's time for them to go. They're clearly yeah. not doing enough. Start um, fresh. Start yeah, his game his game style's very clearly outdated, and everyone's like, oh, if, if Clarko's got a game plan for everything, well, he clearly doesn't have a game plan for this year or um, how mm. teams are scoring against him because, you know, he, he's got one answer to every job, it looks like. It's Sicily down back, who is their best defender, and then you go, when they're losing, Sicily up forward. And he, and he took a sensational mark, and they only put him there in the last quarter because they were losing. And it's like, you, you can't have Sicily carry your team. You can't have him do everything. You can't have him kick goals and then take intercept marks in the back line. The boy can't do it all. Yeah, and this is where they got smashed. They got smashed mainly in the um, uncontested possessions. Freya had them 253 to 171. That's, that's, that's very, very poor. Very poor. Especially for, you know, Hawthorne, a side that we've been raving on about for years now. Yeah, and I just so. think it looks like the way Clarko's attitude towards his, the team is and towards uh, his arrogant nature, I just feel like... He's losing a bit of the playing group, and I feel like Sicily's the type of bloke. Well, obviously every player is the type of bloke to to want to win, but Sicily just looks like the type of bloke to. He wants to win games, and he doesn't look happy um, playing there at Hawthorne. He looks like he's he's always um, him and Sam Frost butt heads a bit. It looks like yeah. I reckon um, you know he after he kicks that goal on on um, uh, when he went forward, it just looks like oh whatever you know. Yeah, another loss. You know, he yeah. doesn't hold his head up. He was, he was drafted as a forward. Yeah, and I just think, you yeah. know, if if Clarko's not going to give, um, um, you, you know, if he's just going to rely on Sicily, you know, and 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 keep doing what he's doing. I think he's going to lose the playing group fairly quickly, uh, especially the fact that he's not playing young uh, young players. And you know, the twos team at Hawthorne are probably thinking, geez, every week they're picking. You know, Stratton and, 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 oh, Stratton's the captain. We'll talk about him soon, sorry. But like, Gunston and all these older blokes and the two players who were like 18 to, to 20 year olds are like, you know, these guys aren't doing, like, I'm working my ass off here training and Clarko just picks the same team every week. What's the point of trying, you know? Yeah. Like, why should I, uh, why should I try when Clarko's just going to pick these old, these old players again, play the old, the same old game style and I'm stuck here in the twos. What, like, he's given us no, uh, no chance, and 
Then you have the, I reckon it goes back as well to the captain. I reckon Stratton is not a good captain. Yeah, he's the worst captain in the he's league. He's the worst captain. I think we said this time. last week. He yeah. is. He's, he's not good. He's past his use by date. Too many they, injuries as well. Mm. Sorry, go on, Christian. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they just need to accept where they're at. They're just not good enough to qualify. They need yeah. to go back to the draft, at least for a, a few years. They need years. a rebuild. They need to, they need to, like, I'm not saying sack Clarko, but I think, you know, um, and I don't want to, like, um, put Richmond up to a high pedestal, but Dimmer, um, said in, in, in an interview, you know, in 2016, he was the worst bloke, he reckons. He, he, no one could talk to him. The players, he had no connection with the playing group. He was, because we had a shocker of a year that, um, he took that on personally and that changed his mood, that changed his attitude. And it looks like that's what's happening with Clarker at the moment. Now, the next year, we, Richmond come out and win the flag and Dimmer says, he goes, you know, Skill had a big, um, <clears throat> Dim, uh, Skill was a big factor to that and our game style, but I reckon the fact that, um, our playing group and myself all connected much better and we got closer as a family and as a team, um, that really helped us to win. And that just seems like what Hawthorne is lacking at the moment, the connection with coach and, and player. And I'm not saying Zach Clarko, but I think Clarko needs to look at himself and, you know, he yeah, needs to see just, what's better for the team. Yeah, what's better for the team, you know? What, yeah. Like, and I, what can I start doing to change my attitude towards my to, towards my club? That um, um yeah, And he, he, is a master, he is a mastermind. He's yeah. won four premierships. Still a, with yeah, him. still a good captain. I'm not he, anyone listening to this thinking I'm hating on Hawthorne. I'm very critical because it's sad to watch such a good to to watch such talent and a, yeah. a good club just go to waste. You know, I want to see the Hawks firing again, and I want to see some exciting. Um, and I want to see Sicily. Uh, I want to see more out of Sicily. I reckon, um, you know, playing him just up forward and and down back and and doing it only in critical games uh, in moments. I reckon Sicily. Um, you know, he's a very good backman, but. I don't know. Just want to see something out of the Hawthorne Footy Club, you know? Yeah. Well, anything. And Stratton, I reckon, needs to uh, unfortunately lose. Hang his up the boots. Hang just up the boots. Hang up the boots. Or just, just hang up. Because he, he's get he's averaging some of the worst numbers for captains I've seen. Like just just he's, just terrible. Like, and he doesn't seem like he's past his year. As I said, does he even talk to players? He just looks like. Uh, like uh, you know, at halftime they're like, "Oh, you know, what did uh, what did the skip say to to get you guys born, going around?" They're, oh, you know, Pendles, you know, he was very good. He's very calm, composed. Cochin was was very. He gave us a speech. Cogs gave us a speech. No one's talking about how Stratton does anything. Like, what does he do? Does he even have any vision or any care for how his team's playing? It's like he goes out onto the field to hurt a bloke and then yeah, get his yeah. get his uh, nine touches and kicks and. And, you know, his tackles are, are terrible. He does, like, for a defender, he's got no, he's got no, he's got terrible stats. He's got shocking stats. And I think... Uh, I can sense you're getting a bit upset, so let's move yeah. to the next game. Yeah, we, we move to the next game. <laughs> I'm firing up a bit. Looks yeah, up pipe down, pipe down. Um, yeah, we had Adelaide and Collingwood. Uh, would you call that a scrappy game, or...? Look, it was very... The you first half was... You are in a bit of the, trouble in the first half. The first half, half was terrible, but um, Lyndon Dunn got that goal. Right swing before. Probably swing yeah, and I no, think I took a bit of momentum into half-time, and um, 
you know, we were, that last half, I wouldn't call it scrappy. I actually thought, you know, for Collingwood, a side that's been out of form the past uh, few weeks, I think it was a game that we really needed to try and hit form, and we did just that in that last half. I think the, the third quarter to pile on goals, and that Trey Rusco, I think he's going to be good. He is a goal sneaker. I'm calling him the hype beast. That guy is the hype beast. <laughs> he probably he, takes... Um... Uh, it probably takes, I reckon, when you start getting players back, I reckon Josh, Josh Thomas, is that his name? Did I just say that Josh right? Tom, Josh Thomas. I reckon he, he, he's gone and, um. Yeah, he, have, he, he kicked and, his first goal of the year. Yeah. The other day. Um. It's not good enough for a forward. Not <laughs> great, no. Um, but look, um, some really positive signs, I think, out of that game, if, um, for Collingwood, I think. Darcy Cameron. Um, Darcy Cameron. Uh, nine Surely he's a lock every week. You can't. You can't. Well, yeah. I think I think he pushes yeah. Mason Cox out of um, yeah the footy club altogether. You know, yeah. honestly, as, as side and the club, unfortunately. You know. Yes, as sad as it is, I think. Um, you know, he's been good, Coxie, but um, I think right now, not yeah. only is Cameron ahead of him, but I think even Ben Reed's ahead of him right now. So, yeah. Uh, um, Sad truth, but yeah. yeah. Christian, anything to add? Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't get to watch this game, but um, yeah, I. You can't until Darcy Cameron doesn't do something right. Then you have got no reason not to select him. So yeah, yeah. Agreed. a bit weird that he was Boys. dropped against for the Swans game. Yeah, I did find that weird. Yeah. Boys, I saw. I heard. I turned the game on at about uh, half time, and I heard something. I don't know who it was, but he's. His big footy personality. Um, he said something about he. They had the uh, Collingwood club rooms up on the video with the boys all sitting on the floor, and this, this is at halftime, and you guys were down by nine points. And he said something. He said one of the best things I've ever heard someone say to, about a footy team. Do not blame your off-field players that are injured, even though they're your stars. For example, you guys have Trelaw that's out, Pendlebury that's out. That's two of your big midfielders that are out. Yeah, but no doubt. He said, do not blame your midfielders, your 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 sideline who are injured, for you not performing. It's you guys who made the AFL. It's your responsibility to step up and start playing. I heard that, and I thought that was one of the best things I've heard because that's true. A lot of teams tend to blame the fact that they've got injuries rather than accept the fact that they now need to step up and play with these injuries on board. Wow. Yeah. And I. Yeah. I, mean, I really that's... like that, and I saw I saw Collingwood actually do that in the second half. They took the responsibility on, and they piled on eight goals to two in that second half. And I thought that was that was just that was just beautiful. Like I personally, as an Essendon supporter, would have loved to see Collingwood go down to the bottom of the ladder. But <laughs> as as someone who also enjoys watching footy, I loved seeing eight goals piled on by a team who decided to take responsibility of 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 what's happening on the field. These are all AFL footballers who are elite and have made the sport because of their eliteness and have stepped up and kicked that eight goals and piled on on a side that's inexperienced and, and you know, in a sense, show them how to play the game. Yep. Yeah, um, no doubt. I agree. I, think, I reckon... Go uh, on. Yeah, so I think... I understand what you're saying and whatever the, that reporter said, but um, I think you've got to look at Collingwood's injury list as well. And you've really got to look at the depth and the players that they've got out. Adam Trelaw, Jordan Dugowie. Now, Jordan Dugowie, when he's firing in that forward line, he's a guy that'll kick you four or five goals. 
Absolutely. He was being played in the wrong position, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. He should have been playing from the forward line from the get-go. No doubt. To me, but, yeah. Jeremy Howe. I know Darcy Moore mm. is arguably... Look, my opinion, Jeremy Howe's Collingwood's best defender. That's just my opinion, okay? Yeah. So he's out. Look, As I, I said, Trelaw's out. I haven't finished yet. Trelaw's <laughs> Let him go. Let him go. Trelaw's out. Your skipper is out. He is the guy that sets up that midfield. I've said this plenty of times. You look at a CDM in soccer, your central defensive midfield, as they call it. They basically, yeah. uh, they have it with the defense, but they set up your attack. Am I wrong? They control the tempo of the game. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what penalty does for Collingwood's midfield. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I agree with both of you a little bit. I, Oscar I'd, Elliott. I'd say that, um, you know, the depth is really shown this year and good teams show their, you know, their, their young uh, players fit into their uh, side um, based on the fact of how well you've developed them and how well they suit your game style. And I think, um, you know, Richmond and Collingwood are doing a great job of that at the moment. We, God, Richmond have heaps of outs at the moment as well, probably the same as Collingwood yeah. with Skipper yeah. out, Prestia, then Curvis, Asfri, Hooley, Edwards. That's that's like our freaking grand final team right there. But uh, that being said, yeah. um, it shouldn't always be an excuse, but I think still there's a tipping point sometimes where you just have too many injuries. It's like, what can you do? Like, you oh, know, yeah. well, listen, there's a tipping Jeremy point where, where, that, where that point just, it just hits to the top and you're just like, well... Yeah. Or, like, you know, we have our VFL side playing and Gold Coast or Adelaide have just ruined us. Like, what yeah. do you want us to do? And you know? I understand the, the thing that you're saying, Kirillos, about, well, you've made the AFL, you've got to take this, this role on and play. But when you're in a season like this and you're getting this many injuries... Four-day turnarounds. Yeah, four-day turnarounds to your key players... Your star players, your captain, your best forward, your best defender, team midfielders. I don't. I I see that you can use injuries as an excuse, because if you've got you've got we've Collingwood have got guys in that team that haven't even played ten games. A few players that have not played ten games in that side. You can't go on with that. Like Broomhead hasn't played in two years. He played the other night. Um, Lyndon Dunn as well. Lyndon Dunn, all right, that's different because he's a veteran. But Tim Broomhead, Trey Rusco, Callum Brown's still young. Josh Dacos is still young. Jack Madgen hasn't played a lot. A couple of weeks ago was Mark Keane. They played him his first game. He got destroyed, but you know what? That's what happened. So, of course, you know, and then, you know, Rupert Wills, Braden Sire too. That's about... Seven players that are on that side that, you know, probably haven't played 20, 30 games yet. So I think seven out of 22, that's a lot of players that um, it's, basically it's a bit tough to say, you know, play your role and step up and, you know, oh, Rupert Wills, you you fill um, uh, what Scott Pendlebury's role. Oh, Jack Madgen, you, fit, you fill Jeremy Hale's role. That's not going to happen. It's not that simple, yeah. yeah. It's not like Look, that. I don't, Tim I don't Broomhead, you haven't played in two years, but you go and fill Jamie Elliott's role who's not playing tonight. No, you can't do that. Look, I don't disagree with you. Like, even Essendon's, Essendon's injury list has our captain, 
is they've got it's got our best fourth line. It's got it's got um it's actually got our starting fourth line essentially. It's got Joe Danaher, Razio Fantasia, it's got Jake Stringer, Jaden Laverde. All the, those four players that I just named are our starting fourth line essentially. Mm-hmm. And if all those players were fit and ready, we'd have we'd have I'm going to say this such a great fourth line. We we it'd be a bit dangerous to have us on the field, but. At the same time, you also the, the players that are on field mu- have to take some responsibility and play play their role. Like I'm not saying, yeah, of course you guys have a, a big injury list, and of course Richmond have a big injury list, and and to some extent it is an excuse, but also it shouldn't be looked at as the the biggest factor as to why you guys are losing. A lot of teams turn around and lose a game and say, oh, it's our injuries. But don't blame your injuries. Look at what, what's happened in the game. How the yeah. what, what 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 kind of ball movement you guys had? What kind of mistakes have you made yeah. in your back? What, mm. How your Look, forward line kicked accurately? We're both we're all saying the same thing. It's just coming out a bit differently. But I think we'll move on before we start t- rambling yeah, on about. Let's get on uh, to the last game. But we'll get on to the last game. Essendon and Gold Coast. It's all square. Seventy three all. Um, I thought it was a good game. The momentum was swinging up and down um, between teams. You know, Ben King put on a show. Rankin was very good. Uh, Shield back to his best, looking like. Merrick McGrath can't be stopped, and I think McGrath was getting tagged as well by Tuke Miller, and he just couldn't even do the job. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. Not much to come out of this game. Just, I'd say, a disappointing result for both teams, possibly, um, yeah. with a draw. Look. I think for both teams, it's it's actually not a bad result. As as a team, as Essendon, as a team that's experienced in a sense, but also, my dad was saying this yesterday. He reckons that the team the team is lacking determination to win. But it's, but drawing with a team like Gold Coast, who are now starting to rise, I think it's it's a good good standing point for both teams. Essendon getting the draw, trying to grab back at that momentum, and Gold Coast grab that draw. You know as a as a sense that, look, we're, we're now starting to get good enough to play with the teams that were beating us previously by 50, 60 points, teams that have that have pumped us by 100 points in, in in our first season. We're now starting to be able to compete with them. And that's a good sign for, for Gold Coast in that sense, and it's a good sign for the Bombers to try and grab that momentum, not having not having being able to win in the past how many weeks, how many games that we've lost. So I think for both sides, good outcome. It would have been better for a win for either team, but... I think at this stage it was good, but there's something that I really want to bring up on this game here. In the in that last quarter, there was an uncontested mark that was taken in Gold Coast forward line. A certain goal. You turn around, you're right in front of goals. Turn around and kick the goal. About 40 meters out, but they handballed the ball off, and it led to a holding the ball tackle by Dylan Clark, who outstanding tackle. Boys. I want to put you in that position. What would you do if you took an uncontested mark about 40 metres out? You go back in and front slot of goal. it. You always go back and kick the goal. Like, like, I get what you think, Q, with both of them was a good outcome, but you know, I reckon it was for both teams it was a must-win game for both teams, especially disappointing. Given yeah. what they're out on the ladder too. Yeah, it should have been a, it should have been a win for one of the teams, you know. Yeah. And then I reckon whoever lost out of this game, I reckon their season was pretty much over. I'd say, because... Oh, 100%. Uh, but also... Now we don't know. We're still in the unknown with both teams. You're like... 100%. You know. There are still four games or so to come. We're, we're going into round 12. We've got five games left. And and it, 
this is the time where teams like Gold Coast and Essendon really need to stand up. Even Western Bulldogs, they really need to stand up if they want to make the top eight. You boys said it, the top eight is a very tight-knit group this year because of how close they are with, with the points. Nothing is really separating the top from 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 the eighth. And it's it's all in as much it's as much as they decide to put in that effort. I think both teams played it out yesterday. That second half was was fantastic. Essendon won the the fourth quarter. We got close in the, in the third quarter, but I think that second half just showed the real passion that these teams had. And it neither team wanted to lose that game, and it showed. And they both drew. Yeah, I just want to bring up something quickly as well. With um, so Isaac Rankin marks with about thirty seconds to go. My opinion is he should have just probably quickly played on. So he gave his team... I know he doesn't really know how much time's left, but a better kick to the top of the square with more time maybe could have given Gold Coast a better chance to win that game too going yeah, forward. Possibly, but I reckon he, he did the right thing by going back and kicking the goal, especially with the time on the screen. It was like, like what, 40, 50 seconds left or something? It was about, yeah, 30 or so, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, maybe maybe a little play on to get him a bit of space and just kick the goal. Even if he got a point. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Like, I yeah. just think maybe he was in two minds there, and I think someone should have came up to him and say, look, go back, kick the goal, or kick it as hard as you can towards the goal, even if you hit the post or something. Who cares? Just try and have a shot. It looks like he was in two minds going for goal and top of the square, and it ended up missing everything. Yeah. Oh, look, he's a moments player. He's a player that plays the moments. Like he's, 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 he's going to be that when he grows, when he, when he grows into the mature player that he's going to become, he's going to become like Ready Betts, a player that, that plays the moments and is can sometimes be that tipping factor. He's going to become that player. But I think he tried to take that on board yesterday and tried to try to be that moments player a bit too soon, mm-hmm. and mm. it didn't work well for him. Yep. Fair enough. All right, let's move on now. So um, let's get talking about the grand finale. Yes, our second topic for today. So the grand final, where should it be held? Where do you reckon? Start with you, Kirillos, seeing you've always got something to say. Uh, for me, I, I reckon it should be played at the stadium that holds the highest capacity. That's not Victoria at the moment, depending on how, how everything goes out. We're still in six-week lockdown. I don't think, I think it'll be happening. I think they said that the, they said that the, the grand final, the final series is going to be played in October. Yeah. I think if, if Victoria can get on board with, with the lockdown and can manage to, to stop this outbreak, there's a slight chance Victoria could still have it in its cusp, but I think it's the second biggest stadium, which for me, I think is, um, Optus Stadium. Yep. 60,000. Yeah, Optus Stadium. I think Optus Stadium should hold, hold the, uh, grand final this year. It has the biggest capacity. If the AFL are looking at a business perspective and they're trying to make money out of this grand final as well as the club's trying to make money, I think they should really push for Optus Stadium as it's, it's the only place to go with, with the highest capacity in, in, in Australia at the moment. Yep. Um, hmm. Christian, what do you think? Well, in terms of capacity, I'm not sure, but I actually really like the, the in Brisbane, the Gabba. It's okay. probably the best choice, but I feel like the footy that's been played there, it seems like it's very open. It allows high scoring. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think other, other choices like Optus Stadium and maybe South Australia, they're very warranted no. as well. Yep. Uh, Jules? I reckon, yeah, same as Christian, and also the, what the Queensland government has done for footy at the moment as well. I reckon they deserve their um 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I personally, well, this is a bit controversial, but um, I'd give it to Adelaide Oval. Really? I'd give it to Adelaide Oval. I think, I think Port Adelaide are really gonna go deep into the finals. Mm. And you know, their their fans. Mm-hmm. They are they are a loud bunch. They're rowdy and stuff, but they are passionate. Those Adelaide, those South Australian supporters, and I think you know this year in particular, um, South Australia hasn't been given um, a lot. Like no one's hub there yet, or as of, as of yet. So I think maybe I reckon the AFL's got something planned where. Something might happen come finals, grand final. It'll be held at Adelaide Oval, and I hope it does. You know, they hold 53,000, something like that, so. Fair enough. I just think for what Queensland and the Queensland government has done for footy and allowing this, and, you know, they're, they're probably definitely going to get the Briolo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think it could think be something like, say, um, say we have a grand final where it's got this year, with, it's got Port Adelaide and Brisbane, um, with, you know, at the end of the season, it being um, Port Adelaide who finished first and Brisbane second. Do you think that they could possibly make it out as if then they play at Adelaide Oval because Port Adelaide finished higher, therefore it's their home? Possibly. I, I, reckon they should just, I reckon they should just play rock, paper, scissors to see who gets oh, the... Yeah. Uh, well, they, they, gets they, might the... Do, they might do something where it's like, um, you know, if, if, say, Port Adelaide are versing West Coast in the grand final, they might play it at Brisbane. You know, so it's no yeah. risk ground sets. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, footy festival, a yearly thing or? Um, I'm scrapping that. I, I like it a lot, but I don't think it I'm should be. I'm scrapping it. Yeah, I reckon it should be scrapped. Just I because, love it. I'm scrapping it. I reckon scrap it just because horrible injuries and and the tight like oh, I hate rounds for, for breaks and I love footy every day, but you know you got to think about the players and um yeah. The, and just, oh, Colin will give you really too much anxiety. It's, yeah, too yeah. much anxiety. I love it. I love it. I think, I think it's good. I personally love this quick turnaround. It just, it just makes the the, the footy season more interesting. Like it's that that too much of a spread where you've got that whole week that the six day is some in some some cases six day break where you can really train, re- recover, get back into into that full fitness status gives those 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 big sides that big advantage because they've recovered, they're back in they're back in ready, they're they're ready to go. Whereas this four day turnaround, it now makes puts everyone on the same level. It puts it puts your your teams like Richmond and Port Adelaide and and, and Collingwood and even Brisbane on the same level as a team like uh, Adelaide, Gold Coast. But is that is Bombers. that really fair though, just because of the the, the lack of a break or oh, they're equal because of how short the break was. That's, oh, well, it is fair. Really, it is fair. It, it's really just because of a break. Teams, it's giving both teams the same, the same, the same amount of time to recover. It's giving both teams the same amount of time to to try and uh, fight out for for four points. Like if you think, think about is. it, look at the Adelaide, look at the Adelaide Collingwood game, where Adelaide essentially had that first half, and had they been a, a bit more experienced in their side, they could have won that game. They could have walked all over Collingwood, and that just shows that four-day turnaround how good it is because that's a that's the bottom of the ladder 
now beating a side that's in the top eight, who have now not given them momentum to then go and win the next five or six games, but has now given them, it's now given the, the teams that are below the eight that opportunity to now step up and, and win games to then now get above Collingwood. I think it's good. It, it gives everyone an equal chance to, to try and make that. I, I personally think keep it. Christian, what do you think? Uh, I'd, I'd probably scrap it, but probably the AFL probably needs to just help out. I know everyone's list isn't the same, but the AFL could help a lot of clubs out with maybe an extended bench or something. So with injuries, yeah, you know, not not everyone's like two three players down. Yeah, you need you need you need something like an extended bench. I yeah. I personally I'd get rid of it only because um uh you know the injuries and the turnarounds. There's way too many injuries in the AFL, and you can't you can't have players coming in that are you know not ready and have like a lot of they lack a lot of experience and are not ready to play. As I said, they can't just come in and fill in key players their roles yeah, because the player's right. injured. I, I don't think I think you scrap it. Yeah. If I'm the if I'm the AFL, I'd, I'd get rid of it. Go like back to it. a weekly thing. It's just a one-off because we're in the pandemic. I think you go back to a weekly thing, and hopefully yeah. we can get crowds back next year. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to make the point. Like, you, you, say you have uh, Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide at the top of the 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 table, right? And it's um um you got they're versing, I don't know, someone who's around mid-tier, like, say, Gold Coast or um, uh, Essendon or something like that. And you got Port Adelaide who play a game on Monday and say they're, they're big players, Rockcliffe, Wines and Gray. They all get, they all, you know, pull up a bit sore, rib soreness. One of them gets concussion and blah, blah, blah. They got a four-day turnaround and then they got to verse um, Gold Coast or someone mid-tier who... Probably came off the break way more, much better, and you've got them. You know, it's evened out because of little injuries like that that could have been um, that will be disregarded if it was played next week. You know, like Townsend got concussed because it was a four-day turnaround. He didn't play. If yeah. it was a week turnaround, he would have played. And well, it's the same as Rufford now from Collingwood. Yeah, yeah. That's, he's he'll yeah. probably be ruled out. So. I love the festival footy. I wish it could. I really wish it could be played every week, um, every year because I, I like footy every day, and it's fun. It's cool, um, but uh, I don't know. It's just just the fact uh, to keep it alive. Just the players' uh, bodies and you know it's, the health, it's different. The, health and mentality of the players. Like we should really be focusing on. It's, it's much different to the NBA as such because mm-hmm. basketball compared to um, footy. Footy. AFL is a lot more physical. Yeah, yeah. A lot more, you know, sore it's, bodies. It's or... not like after after the NBA, you know, you've just been running and dunking and stuff. It's not yeah. like you're smacking each other around. Yeah, but you can have no that one's... And relax. But after footy, you know, you come up bruised, you come up sore, you know, things that might take a week to to um, heal and stuff, you're trying to push it for four days. Through. Yeah. No one's no one's saying that this is, this is going to be a... A week, like a, a whole year-round thing, where it's where it's four-day turnarounds every round. I think it's it's better as a a block. 
four week, nah. a four, yeah. four round that's, turnaround, that's like a four rounds. And, and that's, that's. Like something that's, uh, you I, know, I still wouldn't. An option. I still wouldn't take. This year, okay, yeah, I understand. Yeah, because we are we are in the unknown, the pandemic. Mm. So, um, but for years to come, what twenty two game, twenty three rounds, and you each team gets a buy, so you play twenty two games, eleven home, eleven away. Why? I don't see in a normal year why that has to change. Yeah, I, I, I like the way it is. Like footy on a week night. Can you imagine you're going to play footy every night, uh, every day, and then there's, I don't know, three, four, three games a week at five o'clock, like they're playing now at the MCG? No one's going to rock up. Not, you know, seriously, people finish work at five o'clock. How are they going to get to the football? Yeah. Especially, especially uh, now, next year, say, if Victoria's up and running again to have footy in, you know, you've got... Imagine the traffic every day now in the city. Yeah. Oh, we got a we got a game MCG Monday, then we got the game on uh, at Marvel on Tuesday, um, and then we got we got Marvel and and MCG on on Wednesday because it's a double header. And then uh, yeah. like what, what what's that going to do for the um, for the city and all the people in there and stuff? And people have jobs and people rush into the footy and the the, the traffic it's going to cause and all yeah. the It'll reboot the city's economy, really, because now yeah, everyone's moving really around. Be, everyone's should be really on the back of a, of, of, of a sport. Like, if you're going to reboot the economy, we're not going into the economy on the podcast. No, we're not going on to leave on Daniel Andrews. He'll sort that out yeah, himself. Yeah, let's let's get the politics the out. Let's let's get rid of this topic now. Uh, but, um, <laughs> let's let's remove the politics. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to our um, our last segment. Um, team of the week, boys. Team of the week. Team so, of the week. Team of the week. The oh, this is an exciting one oh, this week. This one is, is an exciting one. All right, go. You players, start. I'll start it off, boys. So uh, in, in my, my full back line, yeah. my, full, my full back line, I've got uh, Maynard, Ridley and Crisp. I think uh, the three mm-hmm. players had a really great, really great uh, game. Uh, all three of them had great games. Maynard, as always, just just good. Jordan Ridley, many inter- great intercept marker. I'm, I'm proud to be a bomber supporter with him in the side. Crisp, great, <laughs> great kick into the forward line he's had the, the, this week. I think he was big, 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 uh, That's to, to win. Uh, Luke McDonald had a standout game. Oh, uh, Witherden played well. Weller played well. Menegola had a good game this week. I'll put him in the mm-hmm. center. Uh, Lockie Neal, I'll put him in the center. Andrew Brasher on the wing. I like that. I, I liked how we played this week. They, a lot of these players had real standout games, and it was hard to pick the midfield because, like, you had you had so many players who had such great games from the midfield. It's, it was hard to pick. Half forward line, I had to put in Hawkins, five goals. Uh, James Stewart from the Bombers, he's kicked three goals, took seven big marks for the for the Bombers that were pretty pivotal for the game. So I think it was a choice that I had to didn't want to take lightly, but I put him in there. Darcy Cameron as well had a Similar role to James Stewart, kicked two goals though, but also had had quite a few marks that that were very that were very. Uh, You've put big Darcy for the Cameron game. in. Yes, yeah, so I've uh, placed him in the half forward line. Uh, Sam mm. Fisher, four goals, kicked himself four goals. I like that for a good player. 
Yeah. From Very nice to see. Larky's kicked four as well was pretty good. Kicked four of five, of, kicked four of North Melbourne's five goals. So I think he deserves to be up there this week. Uh, Hip would kick five five goals this week. So I've also put him in there as well. I've gone with Laddams again this week in my ruck. I think uh, just two goals against Richmond is good, but also with the with the work that he does as a ruckman, is it's just so that, fantastic. That snap, the first Th- that goal. Snap, that snap, that is, snap is just unbelievable. As a ruckman, you should not be able to kick that because no, that was <laughs> that was very that was very agile, very on his feet, very light on his feet, very difficult for a ruckman to kick that. Being two hundred centimeters average with a hundred odd kilos smacked onto you, so a bit hard to kick that. But I liked it. Yep. Uh, McRae, forty touches, had to make himself in, had to put him in my team of the week this week. Big big game with shorter quarters. You shouldn't be able to get 40 touches, but McRae turned that around and, you know, hit up on the scoreboard. Uh, Merritt had a great game this week, 33 touches, had quite a few uh, in, uh, good moments in the game that really made him look strong and, and good for the Bombers. Ben King as well, I thought he played really well. Uh, he's going to be such a great forward. He's going to be, he's going to be the new breed of forward, the full forwards, new breed of tall forwards. He's a tall player who's really agile on his feet. He's, his agility to get around and kick that last goal that he kicked in the fourth quarter against the Bombers. That was, that was beautiful. Makes him, makes him the, the king he really is. Sublime. Dom Sheed, put him in there. Thought he had a standout game. Nick Nat, put him on my bench as well. Now boys, I've got a five man bench which is unusual as a, as a team of the week because it's only have 22 players. Illegal. But listen to this. Are you I th- doing? I think I think Matt Rowell, Matt Rowell has to get some attention this week. What are I'll you going him on, on the team of the week. I think he's gonna. He's. I reckon what he's gonna for? be. He hasn't he, played. You've even just rocking up on TV. He, off a he's look too good. I'm sorry. He's got he his head, headset on. He's a coach all, all of a sudden. He's great. You write him in your little diary. Curious. You've lost a plot. Writing in his little diary. I think he's he's good. He's good. He's You're in love. I love it. Coach, right. I've never seen a player take notes during a game. He's taking notes of everything. He's he's just fantastic. Look, he it looked more plot. like a joke. It looked like he was laughing. So I don't he know. He had the headset on. He had the headset on. Hello, welcome to KFC. Can I take your Man. order, please? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, taking taking down the uh, the no, the boys' orders from uh, to go to KFC from Stuart Jew. Oh, I'm that rail. I'd be. Jew might have wanted a bit of a KFC. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, you're done. That's enough from you. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. Um, my team of the week. Um, full back line, I've gone with Brayden Maynard. Um, thought he was sensational for the Pirates. Brayden Maynard. Uh, yes. Uh, Luke Ryan from the Ferro Dockers. And uh, Jordan Ridley. Um, half back line, Luke McDonald, 33 touches, 11 marks. He was a standout in a pretty bad game for the Roos. Um, Alex Witherden got him in again. It's an halfback. He is a good player. I think he flies under the radar a bit. Jack Crisp, three inside fifties in the last quarter. Um, all three uh, were score involvements, two were goals. So um, he has he has a lethal kick on him. That guy, he is a gun. Um, my wingmen, I've put Andrew Brayshaw and Sam Menegola, and in the middle, Travis Boak, seven clearances. Um, our forward line, Petrarca, thought he was very good. 
Robbie Gray, three goals, and uh, Eric Hipwood, um, five goals. In, my, in the pockets, I've got Gary Rowan and Zach Fisher, both kicked four, and a full forward, as much as I don't really like him, Tom Hawkins. Um, the Ruckman, Nick Nat, thought he was very good, 41 hitouts. He's back to his best form, finally. Um, Lockie Neal and Jack McRae, as he said, Kira lost Jack McRae, 40 touches. Lockie Neal also had 36, I'm pretty sure. Um, on the bench, I've got Zaharakis. Thought he was pretty good, three goals. Um, only had 12 touches, but I thought he was very effective with that. Nick Larkey from the Roos, four, five goals. Four out of their five goals, I should say. Sorry. Um, he was another standout in a... Pretty poor performance. Clay and Oliver, he's good, and Collingwood really have to do something about him this week. Don't want to get him off the leash. And um, the last one on the bench, well, um, I've gone with Dom Sheed. Yeah. He's just broken every Collingwood fan's heart right now. Yeah. I'm going with trade him. I'm sorry. Fair enough. You have to go with him somehow. You have to fit him in somehow. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, Christian? Yeah. Tyler right team of the week. Yep. Okay. So my from my full back line I've got Braden Maynard. He's a just a bull from the defense. Yep. Uh, my full back, Luke Ryan from Frio. I think he did a great job with especially Fremantle's defenders being out. Yep. Uh, I've put Witherden as well. Great user of the ball of the back line. Uh, Luke McDonald from North Melbourne. He's 33 touches, even though they got thrashed. Um, thought he did quite well. I thought I put Ridley in as well. Did a great job last night. He was a standout for me. And Jack Crisp off that half back line. He's a driving force for Collingwood, I find, and he's quite exciting to watch. Yeah. On my wing, I put Menegola. In the centre, I put Ollie Wines, and on the other wing is Andrew Brayshaw from Freo. Yep. Um, half bat, I mean, half forward, Robbie Gray with three goals and 22 touches. He was quite impactful in that Port-Richmond game. Uh, half forward, centre-half forward, Hipwood, kicked five goals. Uh, half, the other half forward, Petrarca, he seems to be having a much better standout season. Yep. Uh, Zach Fisher with his four goals in the forward pocket. Hawkins is actually playing quite well. He always plays well, but yeah, he's been playing extremely well the last few weeks. Yep. And Gary Rowan in the forward pocket. Uh, my followers, starting with the Ruck. I did have Laddams, but I thought Natanui in the end. I thought he's just... A bit more impactful as Port had two rocks, so they yep. also needed. Uh, I put Lucky Neal, 36, Boke with 31 as well. Mm-hmm. My bench, I've gone with Chera, thought he was quite good. Uh, Clayton Oliver, uh, Zorko, and I hate to say it, but Dom Sheed. Very good. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. I'm done. I'll kick off mine. I've got in the back line. I've got Crisp, Laird, and Ridley, um, Sicily, Weller, and McDonald. I reckon Sicily put him up forward, kicks a goal back, takes the intercept mark. Just man, I love the kid. 
honestly. Um, and then on the wing, I've got Sheed. Uh, say of that what you will. Um, Brayshaw in the centre. Dumount on the wing because I think Dumount is having a very good year. Flying under the radar because North Melbourne are playing crap, but he's playing pretty good. Uh, far forward line, I've got Gray, Petraka, Petraka, Rowan, Ro, uh, Robbie Great. Um, and right. <laughs> Rowan, I reckon we're just, um, I just so good, consistent forwards, I reckon. Good to watch. Yep. Petrarch is having a pretty good year. I've got Dixon and Hawkins. Um, ha- yeah. And then I've got Hipwood as well. So very tall, very tall forward line, but they all deserve to be there. Um, yeah. as my ruckman, I've got Nick Nat for the same reasons as Christian. I just think he just dominated in the ruck. Yeah. It was just, Man, you know, last week they're talking about his tap outs and you're like, oh yeah, whatever, they're just overhyping him and blah, blah, blah. And then you look at it this week and you're just like, geez, nah, it's not all talk. He's, yeah. uh, he can follow through. Yeah. And then I've got following of Neil and I've got Wines because I think Wines just destroyed Richmond on his own. So, yep. Um, and then on the bench, we've got Fife, Oliver, Zarakas and McRae. And you could say, oh, McRae got 40 touches, but. I'm not a big fan of touches, and I think Wines did better than McRae. That's why he snuck in there. But, yeah, that's my team of the week. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, very good, boys. Um, we're to the last thing. We'll wrap it up with your tips for the week. So see, I'll, I'll start us off. So I'm going with um, the Giants to beat the Swans tonight. Um, in a big game tomorrow night. Port Adelaide and Geelong. Mm. Um, I'm going to say Port, just. Sorry to the Geelong fans. Um, North Melbourne and Brisbane, I'm going with the Lions. The Pies to beat the Ds. Um, at Opta Stadium, I think Frio, Frio will continue their run and knock off the Blues. Um, the Bulldogs should win comfortably over the Crows. Um, Saints to bounce back and beat... The Bombers, um, the Eagles to win very comfortably over the Hawks, and the Tigers, your mob, Julian, should beat the Suns. Very nice. Yep. yep. Christian? Um, okay. Uh, I think it's quite evident. I'll be su- I'll be shocked if Sydney beat Giants, so I'm going to yep. go with the Giants. Yep. I really like the way Port are playing at the moment, so I'm going to go with them against Geelong. Brisbane should beat North. Um, go with Collingwood against Melbourne. Um, I think Freo being a home game at Optus Stadium should win against Carlton. Uh, Bulldogs, they should beat Adelaide. Kirillos won't like to hear this, but uh, St Kilda will probably beat Essendon. Um yeah, West Coast, a home game there against Hawthorne, and Richmond will beat Gold Coast. Very nice. Yep. Who's next? Gary? Uh, Jules, you... oh, I'll go next then. Sure enough, fair enough. Uh, I've got the Giants to beat uh, the Swans. Uh, should be very comfortable win there. Uh, Port Adelaide to beat Geelong. I reckon it'll be a very close game. Well, I don't know about the scoring level, but it'll be a pretty, pretty good game. Uh, Lions to win comfortably against North. Collingwood should beat Melbourne. But again, we saw some very interesting things in the first half of Collingwood's game, so 
could go either way, but I'm back in Collingwood here. Uh, Carlton to beat Frio. I reckon Carlton, if they can get over their, their, their issues with tackling and the pressure from outside sources such as umpires not going their way in some cases, I reckon Carlton should beat Fremantle. I'm going to go with an upset here. I'm going to say Adelaide's going to beat the Dogs. I'm going to say Adelaide will beat the Dogs. They've lost Fair enough. Court. Very bold. If if Adelaide mm. can can perform the way they did in that first half against Collingwood and keep it up for four quarters, I reckon Adelaide should win. Um, I hate to be an Essendon supporter and say St Kilda's going to beat us, but St Kilda will beat us. There's no mm. doubt about that. They're currently they're currently contenders. Essendon are nowhere near that that status yet, so I think St Kilda will beat the Bombers. Eagles will beat the Haw- will beat Hawks, and I'll give Richmond this game as well. Yep, all right, Jules. Uh, all right, I've got a bit different to yours, but relatively the same. I've got GWS to beat Sydney, Geelong to beat Port Adelaide. I reckon. Right. Um, that's a very tough call, but I reckon Geelong might edge me out. I reckon it'll be a real challenge for Port. I reckon Brisbane will win comfortably. Uh, Melbourne, Collingwood, that's tough as well. I, I don't know. That, um, I'm, I, I'm going to go with Melbourne yeah, to beat uh, Collingwood. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I will see. You know, Collingwood probably proved me wrong. Yeah, that's all right. Um, all right, that's fair. I got, I got Frigga to beat Carlton. I got the Doggies to beat Adelaide. St Kilda to beat Essendon. West Coast to beat Hawthorne. And then for Richmond and Gold Coast, I am. You guys can pick for me because I don't like saying it because I, I believe in the jinx. And last week I picked Richmond and we lost. So one of you jump in and take over and tip for me for that one. Yeah, Richmond. All right, yeah, cheers, fellas. Yeah. Um, just before we wrap it up, I just want to say something quickly. So I'll be taking part in um, uh, Black Dog Institute um, and be raising a bit of few donations for um get around it mental health yeah. um for that so mental health um people um suicide is the leading cause of death among australians aged between 15 and 44 and 60 percent of australians who reports to have symptoms of mental uh illnesses they don't go and seek help so um as part of that i'll be Growing a mullet, and I'm meant to grow one until the end of September. But um, uh, I think I'll keep it for a bit longer. On the Instagram, post it on the Instagram. Well, I will be. I will be. So you can get around that, fellas. Um, yeah, I'll be looking to grow it as long as Lyndon Dunn, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it should be good. So I'll post that and um, yeah, post yeah, a uh, post uh, a, a um a, I reckon we'll do some updates to that. And you, um, can people donate to you? Yeah, people can donate. I'll. Uh, Chuck we'll share that up. on the Instagram um, as well. Cause. Anyone listening, just get around it. Yeah, yeah get around it. Mental yeah. health is a big is a big factor in Australia and even the worldwide. And being the time we're in right now, it's 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 Very big amongst everybody. Like yeah. I, I know my mental health has been affected. I certainly will be donating to this cause. I think it's such a great cause. I think everyone should uh, chip in a bit. But hopefully, we can get some donations, raise it for Joey, and and be good to mm. see people participating in this. He was yep. brave enough to grow a mullet. Yeah. I uh, didn't do it, so get around and do it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you, boys. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, as I said, it's a great cause. And, um, yeah, um, make sure, keep on 
to keep on checking in on your friends and family through this tough time. It's uh, with so much uncertainty around it. But um, cheers, boys, for today. Yeah, we'll be back. That wraps up Thank the you. centimeter podcast. Yep. Um, stay safe, stay COVID safe, and take care, Garnier. <laughs> cheers, fellas. See you later. Cheers.